Hi there, I'm Jen Hale Christie, and you're listening to Preach Her. This podcast is designed around the reality that many of our churches are shrinking because we haven't created a place where everyone can belong. So if you're seeing that reality in your own church, or you've experienced that and left the church, this podcast is for you. Welcome. One quick note before we jump in. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to check out and join our Patreon community. It's an awesome way to join me and others in this good work, whether you want to support women preachers and make sure this work continues, or if you want to partner with me and have actual direct input, there are opportunities for you to engage at whatever level feels good for you. So click the link in the show notes and let me know what you think. Merry Christmas, my friends. I am still battling a little cold, but today my dear friend Sherelle Russell, who is a preaching minister at a church in Texas, she is bringing us a word centered on Luke 1, 26 through 56. Her message will help us see hashtag blessed in a whole new way. I hope you are as challenged and encouraged and inspired by this message as I am. Let's listen in. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting that this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, also has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. In those days Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, 
for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. In our text this week, the angel Gabriel appears again and makes another surprising announcement. Last week, we talked about God's perfect timing and how out of about 18,000 priests in Israel at the time, Zechariah may have had the once-in-a-lifetime chance to burn incense in the temple of the Lord. While there, the angel Gabriel tells Zechariah, well along in age, that his wife Elizabeth, who was also well along in age and unable to have children, that she is going to give birth to a son, and they are to name him John. And John would bring joy and gladness and be full of the Holy Spirit, helping many people return to the Lord, making a people ready for the coming of the Lord. I loved how one commentary I read described these double birth announcements in Luke 1. And then one birth narrative gives birth to another. This week, the angel Gabriel returns during the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, this time to tell a young virgin named Mary that she is highly favored by God and will become pregnant and give birth to a son whom she is to name Jesus. This name, Jesus, would have had special meaning for Mary and all Israelites because it is derived from a Hebrew word that means Savior and signifies the promise of one who saves God's people. Not only will Mary conceive a child in a way never heard of before, but the child that she will carry and give birth to will be the one who will save the people of God. The angel Gabriel says Jesus will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of King David, his ancestor. He will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. In Jesus, the fulfillment of the ages has finally come. The Messiah, so longed for in the history of God's people, brings together the reign of David and the promise of life forever to the family of Jacob. And I love Mary's totally practical response in the face of such a climactic moment. How can this be, since I am a virgin? Mary, like Elizabeth, practically wonders how this can happen. She is, after all, a virgin. The angel tells Mary that the Holy Spirit will overshadow her 
and the baby she will carry and have will be holy, the Son of God. The virgin birth is crucial to Luke's story. Although there are few details about the process of Mary's miraculous pregnancy, God's overshadowing power gives us a clue. Overshadowing language will return again during the transfiguration scene later in Luke 9. At that event, a cloud overshadowed Peter, James, and John, a cloud out of which God, not an angel, spoke words of affirmation about Jesus and his identity. This is my son. And Mary's words to the angel, let it be with me according to your word, parallel what Jesus later prays in the garden, not my will, but yours be done. In each case, the ideal response to God is presented as a combination of humble trust and obedient service. Some call these two birth narratives twin narratives, and they do have similarities, but they are also different. One prepares the way for the other. One must become greater and one must become less. Elizabeth recognized the difference between John and Jesus. When Mary shows up at her house, she says, And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? Though John will be filled with the Spirit before birth, Jesus will be born of the Holy Spirit and called God's Son. When Elizabeth hears Mary's initial greeting, she is filled with the Spirit and the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth prophesied and praised Mary for her willingness to believe in what was spoken. And then there is Mary's song, the Magnificat, from the Latin for magnify. The first two chapters of Luke include four canticles or songs of praise. Each of them express the presence of God in the lives of the faithful of Israel, there's Mary's song, Zechariah's song, the song of the angels, and Simeon's song. I love that Luke thought it was important to include music and song in the birth narratives. How many of us have started singing to a woman's pregnant belly? These births, like so many in history, are helped along with song, with music. Even more reason for us to sing about the birth of Jesus this Christmas. Mary's song magnifies the Lord, proclaiming God's greatness and rejoicing in God as Savior. She begins with God's actions in her own life in choosing her to be the mother of the Messiah. The Mighty One has done great things for me. Elizabeth has just welcomed and honored her, saying, Blessed is she who believed. Now, Mary recognizes with awe that not only Elizabeth, but all generations will call her blessed. Or will they? I have been thinking about the word blessed a lot while dwelling in this passage. I wonder if Mary's understanding of blessed and mine are in alignment. I'm not so sure. It's very easy for me to fall in with the hashtag blessed culture of today. In our culture, blessed seems to be connected with social media posts, 
images us, images of us enjoying a decadent meal or laying back on the beach on an amazing vacation. Hashtag blessed. I'm not sure that my understanding of blessed is similar to Mary and Joseph's at all. Their plans were interrupted. Their wedding plans. What bride is good with that? Their lives were interrupted by God, and that interruption included judgment from their community, a mysterious pregnancy and mysterious birth father, and carrying and caring for the hope of the world, who was also a human baby that the newlyweds would take care of, change, feed, raise. There are those who can see their blessings in the midst of trials and interruptions or in the midst of doubts and uncertainty. But for many of us, blessed is now associated with privilege and comfort and maybe looking like we have it all together. But Mary, Mary has eyes to see and ears to hear. She rejoices in God choosing her to be part of God's salvific plans for the world. Her response to surprise and interruption of epic proportions is to sing and to praise God. And then she prophesies about the kingdom that Jesus will usher in. This kingdom will be defined by mercy, humility, solidarity with the poor, and new power dynamics. This sounds remarkably similar to Jesus' ministry announcement in Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. Mary is a remarkable young woman. She refers to God as the Mighty One and seems to have a profound understanding that God's agenda differs greatly from ours and the plans of human rulers. And she rejoices in partnering with God and being a conduit of God's blessing in the world. Mary sings about what God has done, is doing, and will do. She rejoices in God's redemptive work here on earth, past, present, and future. God fills the hungry with good things, she says. Maybe in this season, of Advent, we can do that too. Rather than simply being satisfied with comforting the marginalized, Mary's Lord lifts them up, giving them dignity and honor, a seat at the table, and a voice in the conversation. Maybe in this season of Advent, we can do that too. At the same time, God shows strength by disrupting the world's power structures, dethroning rulers, and humbling the mighty. Mary demonstrates that clarity about worldly power is first preceded by humility. Lord, humble those of us with power, privilege, and agency that we may see you. Luke wrote a well-organized letter to his friend. 
He wanted to make sure that we would know why Mary is favored and blessed. Elizabeth says, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken by the Lord. Mary, a young woman, is strong, wise, and responsive to God's voice, presence, and activity. How many of us would be able to recognize the past, present, and future significance of this moment? Mary did. Perhaps in this season, amid all of its traditional chaos, we can too. Mary is blessed because she believed God's word. And whatever blessing was given to Mary is one we can all share. No, we cannot all be physical parents of Jesus, but we can believe God's word will be fulfilled and we can participate in the saving work of God. And maybe we can create a deeper understanding of the word blessed in this season of waiting, travel, and visiting relatives and carrying within us hope and new life. Mary's song magnifies the Savior who loves the world with a love that makes creation whole. She is highly favored and friends, so are we. And like Mary, we too get to carry and share the faith, hope, and love of God in the world. Highly favored ones, let us go in the peace of Christ and let us carry and share the love of God in the world that God loves. Merry Christmas. If today you find yourself on the outside, without a seat at the table or a voice in the conversation, May you lean into the truth that you're always welcome in God's community. If you are one who wears the name minister, pastor, elder, shepherd, or are otherwise known as a faith leader, may you extend God's yes to those you might have said no to in the past. May you be emboldened and encouraged to honor the space that God has already created for all. Let's build bigger tables together. If something in you was stirred today, reach out. Hearing from you really does help to shape the future of this podcast. You'll have the greatest impact and opportunities for engagement by joining our Patreon community by clicking that Become a Patron button on our page, patreon.com slash jenhalechristie. And I would love for you to connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook at jenhalechristie. Lastly, you would really help others to connect with this work if you would subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you next time.